Welcome, everyone, to the Nerd Journey Podcast, Episode 72. We're joining you every week to talk IT career progression and bring you the advice we wish we'd been given earlier in our careers. I'm your host, John White, at BJourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Hey, John, I'm hanging in there. We are both pre-sales technical engineers with backgrounds in IT operations. We hope our career discussions will be vendor neutral, relevant across disciplines, and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Great, Nick. Hey, it's uh, part two of our discussion with VMware User Group Executive Director Brad Tompkins. Um, I should say that uh, we were lucky enough to actually get this interview when we did instead of much later because of the uh, coronavirus shutting down international travel. Um, Brad was going to be on a barnstorming tour of various uh, VMware user groups and conferences, but because uh, travel got shut down and most of those events went virtual, we were able to get them a little bit earlier than uh, we had originally planned. But um, this uh, second part, we actually focused a little bit more on his job as executive director at the VMware user group and and his uh, executive relationships there. Pretty interesting. Absolutely. And that was one of the things that I mentioned to Brad would be really valuable for listeners. How does someone at that level think compared to someone at the lower levels? I mean, have you ever thought about how a board of directors thinks, for example, John? It's not really been something I've ever understood, maybe from being so far removed from it as an individual contributor. Yeah, definitely. I, I never really thought about what that interaction would be like. Um, you know, certainly no... Uh, direct experience in it myself. Um, so yeah, definitely listen to that. Uh, listen for that. Let's jump right into the second part of the interview with Brad Tompkins. Now, you mentioned like some interesting skills, which I'd never thought about before. Um, and that is, you know, maintaining a relationship with the board of directors. And I assume that when you were a general manager, you, you know, it's like, you know, the higher ups that you have to deal with, you know, kind of act in that same oversight role. But um, as you made that journey to, towards executive director or as a C-level, um, you know, what were the skills that maybe you look back that you wish that you had maybe picked up a little bit earlier, um, you know, things that you could have worked on? Uh, or, or what was it that you were doing to prepare yourself, you know, in that journey? You know, I've, I've always heard, you know, that prepare for the job or do the job that you want next, you know, kind of preparing for it that way. Do the job that you have very well and start working on the next job. And that's something that um, it probably started at the Siebel's time frame when I was starting to get more access to uh, the VPs, you know, my boss at that time was a VP and then, you know, more interaction with the president. The uh, I remember when the chairman of the board uh, came by and I was able to meet with him and that was just, it was, it was more just an introduction. It wasn't, you know, tell me about what's going in an IT, but it was, I kind of walked away from that thinking, 
okay, this is the chairman of the board of this company that's been around for, you know, a hundred plus years. And it's kind of a staple in Columbia, South Carolina. Everybody, everybody knows Siebel's. And I was like, wow, this is kind of neat that this guy knows who I am. And I got to meet him. And uh, so then you, you fast forward in it at uh, a median, the board of directors, they would go meet at the different data centers. And so when they were in the Asheville data center, you know, I was able to sit in on those meetings, not all of them. And it was, you know, I think I just sat in for like lunch or something. So again, it was less about the content, but more about, um, you know, just picturing, you know, how would I participate in this if I were to participate? And I, and I would did get to say a little bit to them, but you know, it, it was interesting just observing the room and the way the conversation went and even some of the questions they were asking, because it was a lunch and I wouldn't even call it a working lunch, but of course they were talking about work. <laughs> and so it was interesting to see not only the questions asked, but the way uh, our CEO, the Median CEO, you know, way he just, you know, reacted and what they prepped for. And there was a few times where they would come to me and say, Brad, we need to talk about this. Here's what I need you to research for to get us prepared for this board meeting. And so that was uh, that was interesting. It was very much. That's kind of when I realized. Boards are very high level and they're very. They don't get into the weeds um, and I shouldn't say, you know, not ever, but I mean, it, it's you know, they want to know what's going on. In, in our case, 2021 and beyond. So our general cycle, we're going to approve the next year's budget probably in the November, early December timeframe at the latest. And it's when that happens, it's like the board, their, their minds flip. And now all of a sudden, you know, let's just say I'm in December of 19, I'm sorry, of um, 2019, December 2019, the budget for 2020 gets approved. They flipped the switch and now they're already living in 2021. And they're like, what are we going to do now? Tell me what's going to happen, Brad, in 2024. And so going through those exercises is something that early on I realized, okay, they, you know, they are living um, not in the current year. Now they want updates and they want to know what's going on, but in their mind, it's very, it's already baked. Like it's up, it's about execution now, which is not a board role, board role strategy. So once the execution plan is set, then yes, they want updates on that, but they would rather talk about what's going to happen in the future. And that can be fun and it can be scary too, because you're starting to predict things. And, you know, many times you might get held accountable for those predictions, but I think it's about um, making sure you have the right data to back up your decisions or back up your theories or hypotheses and those kind of things. And look, no one can predict the future. No one knew, you know, COVID-19 was going to happen, which certainly alters our plan, but you can't just take guesses. You have to say, I'm making these data back decisions based off this data that is accurate data, you know, but then the extrapolation might not be, that's where some of the subjectiveness comes in, but that's where it gets, uh, it gets kind of tricky, but can, it can also be a lot of fun. I mean, this is where you really can think about things and make predictions. And, you know, at the end of every year, you see Warren Buffett makes his predictions. And I read one about Chris Wolf makes his predictions. And, you know, I always read those. And, and then if uh, the brave ones will say, hey, this is what I predicted back in 2010, about 2020. Let's see how good I did and, and those sort of things. So that's, um, it is, it is interesting seeing what 
what a board is looking for. And I would say a volunteer board, I, I would think it's different than like say a board of directors of, of VMware or you know, uh, salesforce.com or whatever. I, I would think it's a little bit different. You're dealing um, with not only volunteers, which I, I know some of those have volunteer boards as well, but it's people that are in the industry. So they, they know they grew up in the industry and they're still in the industry. So, you know, in some of the other boards, you see people that you know what, their, their background's totally different, which they want that diversity. It's a good thing. You know, in our situation, it's diversity amongst maybe company size and diversity on geo and diversity on um, what industry they're in. But they're all in the IT industry. So I think that's a little bit different. And, you know, VMUG is not a big organization. So, you know, it's not like we have you know, a hundred thousand employees and all over the globe. I mean, you know, we're a lot smaller, so it's, it's um, not fair to compare apples and oranges, but, uh, or to compare them together. But sometimes I do and just kind of think about, you know, what, what's Pat Gelsinger doing in his board meeting? And then I'm like, okay, well, you're no Pat Brad, so you probably don't need to worry about that, but (laughs) nonetheless. (laughs) Nice. Well, I noticed you don't have a sport coat on, so that disqualifies (laughs) you from being Pat. But what I was going to ask, <laughs> that's Brad, not the only thing. Yeah, that's not the only thing. It's just one of the characteristics. But what I was going to ask was, so how does that lens of reporting directly to the board differ from the lens of like a frontline or middle manager, in your opinion? So how I would report to a board versus report to the, to a middle manager? Is that the question? What you see reporting into a board and doing planning with them versus what a frontline manager or a middle manager would see through their lens. Ah, I got it. I would say it's the here and now would be what that middle manager is is focused on and, you know, how are things going to happen, you know, in the next months, whereas, you know, again, the board, it's, it's not what's going to happen. It is what's going to happen in the next year, but you gotta, you gotta skip the year you're in. And that's the part that's kind of a little tricky. So it's not just, oh, they're thinking what's going to happen this year, next year, and the third year where I, you know, middle manager might think what's going to happen this quarter, next quarter, and the fall and the third quarter. Board's going to be thinking, let's start with what's happening in year two, and then let's figure out what's going to happen in year three and year four. So they're, you know, they're way, uh, way out there. And when it comes to the current year, those kind of feedback and communication back to them is more of, are we on track or are we off track? And it's less about what that number is, because their expectation is, Brad, if you say that the VMUG team can deliver 28 user cons and that's going to result in X amount of dollars of revenue, then we assume that's going to happen. Are we on track? Yes. Okay, let's move on. We don't need to talk numbers because you've already told us what the numbers are. We got that back in December <laughs> when we approved the budget. And that's, you know, that's what you said the team can do. And that's what we're holding you to do. So there shouldn't be any conversation about what the number is going to be. It's going it, to, it's about what um, you know, are kind of, are we on track or not? And I think one of the things that we 
as a team when we're talking to the board. And I fall into this trap too of we got to get out of just reporting back numbers. They can read, we can put that into a report that they can read on the plane to the board meeting or before the board call or whatever the case may be. And that should be everything that they need to know. Now they will ask questions if they see something that, you know, maybe it's falling behind or maybe it's really ahead and they're like, Hey, what, why is this performing so well? Let's do more of that. But it, it's less about, um, you know, just reading slides and reporting the numbers. They get that. They know that. Let's spend time with the board on strategy. And Steve Athanas is the VMUG president. And he is, is very much um, has. He, he's very much in that um, camp. And, and, you know, that's his idea. And that's some of the things he talks to me about. I mean, obviously, we have debriefs after every meeting and it's got to read slides left. The board can read. They know what's going on. You know, let, let's get to the meet quicker. And so that's been great to get that feedback from him um, because he's, you know, the president's role is, you know, how do we manage the board and, and how do we, I guess, manage the board is not the right way to say it, but um, serve the board. I mean, the president's there to serve the board. So how can we make sure the board is getting what they need? And so then he helps me. Uh, he sets the agenda, but he helps me with that content of, hey, this is what the board wants to talk about. And uh, and that's it's great to be a team like that because he's having different conversations with the board than I would be having. And they might be the same thing, but again, they're, they're living way out here where I'm normally uh, at a board meeting. It might be different, but when I'm talking to a board member, it's more likely going to be, Hey, let me get your opinion on this. We're thinking about launching this next week, or we're thinking about this content for the next user con or this next virtual event or those kind of things. So because I'm a board, I'm on the board, non-voting member, but I'm on the board, but I'm also on the team, you know, I've got to be able to bridge both of those. And so uh, Steve does a great job of making sure, all right, you got to flip the switch. You're in, you're in board mode now. Let's, let's you know, act and, and talk and um, communicate what's needed at a board level. You're giving us really, you know, fascinating insight into that like interaction with the board and what that's like, and then kind of, you know, going to the other side, you know, kind of that execution side, right? Like in your executing the plan, can you talk about maybe what lower level folks like individual contributors or maybe even frontline managers should be thinking about in relationship to understanding how that like C-level, uh, you know, thought process is going and, and how they can orient like what they're doing to that. Is that something you ever thought about and, you know, before you got there or is it, you know, uh, you know, maybe even unfathomable until you get there? Now, I think when you're, if you think about all the different levels of an organization and, and I think in a lot of aspects, VMUG or any smaller organization has got a little bit of advantage on this is we want to make sure that everybody on the team, whether they're, there for one week and they're at the, the entry level position are there, you know, senior management that they understand what they're doing, how that applies to what is the mission of the organization. And I think in many cases, it's, it can't just be, you know, VMUG's mission is our members get the most out of their VMware and partner solutions. So somebody junior they might not, they know what that means, but they don't know how what they're doing helps that. So sometimes you've got to break that down a little bit more. Okay, you are working on 
this virtual webcast that's one hour and it's put on by, you know, Veeam, let's say. You know, this is helping our members get the most out of that partner solution because they have chosen to purchase Veeam and use that as a backup. And so, you know, that's that's how this is tying back to our ultimate mission. It's also providing revenue for the company because people pay to put on these webcasts. And so it's a win win. It's value to VMUG to help us then fund other programs that don't bring in revenue. But it's also educational to our members. So explaining that kind of detail in that level, I think, is very uh, helpful for really anybody in the, whether they're a lower level or mid level. Because what's unique about VMUG and Maybe maybe not unique isn't the right word, but what's what I've got to constantly remind myself being a lifelong IT professional is I am not working with lifelong IT people like this isn't a junior help desk person that's coming to me asking me questions. This is a, an events person or this is a community person like they don't know IT. And so when they come to me and they're asking me, you know, how does this tie back? You know, I can tie it back for them. But if they were to ask me, hey, what, you know, what are the best practices on running a webcast? I mean, I've been doing this long enough. I could come up with some. But I mean, you know, day one, that, that wasn't my role. I'm like, you know, I don't have good bandwidth. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's interesting because you want to hire the right person for the job. So our team that puts on user cons, you know, they're events people. I mean, they have done events their career. And uh, they know technology now because you kind of absorb it as you go, uh, or at least, you know, the terms and the gist of things. But it, it's really interesting. And this is where it goes back to my job now. It, yes, it's it is an IT job, but there is a lot of the job that's not IT, which makes me really rely on the team to get to get the job done. Because you do not want me planning your user con. <laughs> I mean, there's people that on the team that can do that a lot better. But I will say that, you know, back, you know, in the Siebel's days or in the Emedion days, you, know, you don't want me the person, you know, I'm not going to be the, you don't want me to be the person that, that's setting up your BGP. You don't want me to be the person running exchange back when, you know, people ran that, right? I had, I had a team that did that much better than I did. So in some cases, it's no different. Um, I'll say this though, I'm not, uh, I probably knew the questions to ask more in the IT world <laughs> than I would now. So, uh, but, you know, I'm slowly picking it up. It's great fun when somebody comes into my office and they're, you know, marketing or their events or whatever. And they're like, all right, I've got this content question. And so I get to kind of geek out with them. And, you know, they, if they ever listen to this, they'll laugh because I'm always on the whiteboard trying to draw this out to them. And, and then uh, the flip side, I'll ask them questions. Okay, so tell me how this works. No, so how do, how many, how do you figure out how many heads to tell catering when we have 500 people registered? You know, what's that ratio and all that kind of fun stuff. So we learn from each other. It's really interesting because it's, I mean, the, the thing that I was asking or what was initially in my thought was when you're an individual contributor, how do you orient yourself with the goals of the leadership? Um, and really, your answer was, well, it's really incumbent on the leadership to explain those organizational goals. And then one level down for those leaders to translate organizational goals to, you know, smaller sub-organizational goals and so on and so forth. And then maybe down to like that frontline manager to say, hey, 
you know, in order to serve this like chain of, of goals up all the way up, this is what our team needs to be focused on. Uh, so communication down seems to be a critical part of that serve the the organizational need. If if the organization isn't communicating what the need is, then it's really, really difficult for individual contributors to actually do that. Yeah, it is. And that that is something that um, I think I've learned that lesson more in this role than in the past, because everybody, you know, in the past, when you're managing IT, you know, they could kind of connect the, the dots a little bit uh, better and maybe better is not the right word, but, you know, we were all speaking our same language. And then, you know, now it's a, OK, I got to make sure I'm explaining what I'm trying to explain in a way that they that resonates with them. But they also have to explain it to me in a way that resonates to me because, you know, sometimes we're not always on the same page. So it's um, or, or let me say starting from the same page. And so it's that communication uh, is key. And, and one of the things that we do with the entire team is after a board meeting, we'll go through the board deck and we'll say, this is the deck that the board of directors saw. And if we can pull them into the meeting, especially sometimes they come to the office and they have the board meeting there. So we take that opportunity to bring in staff, even if it's just listen to the conversation. You know, if we have a portion that's going to talk about future events, I want to have the events team in there. They might not say anything, but they can hear what the board's saying and they can hear what's important and they can hear I was at this event and this this worked really well for me. Or this is how I decided to go to this executive dinner versus that executive dinner and you know I, all that kind of stuff. So any kind of access that um, or, or exposure that anybody on the team can get from a, a, a higher level and then in some cases even lower, that's been beneficial just to kind of connect the dots with everybody because we do find ourselves, you know, fighting that battle of let's not, we can't all work in silos. Our mission is to serve our members and that's not serve our members in in-person events only. And this is all I focus on. And then over here I'm virtual and over here I'm community and over here I'm BMUG advantage. We got to paint this whole big picture of how somebody can interact with all our different programs and, get served and consume what they want to consume. And if they only want to consume two of our five offerings, that's great. And if it's only one, that's fine. If it's all five, that's great too. It's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, not all of our members are going to be super members that become leaders that become board members. And if it's a member that is getting served by just opening email and reading our content, that's okay. Kind of like, uh, what you were talking about, your um, managerial philosophy, like you don't need to push the individual people to to get more and more and more and more. If they're comfortable where they're at and they've they figured that out, then there's no real reason to push them to, to do more and consume more. That's right. So I have a book recommendation this time, John. I'm going to beat you to oh, it. Okay. What Brad said a second ago really reminds me of a book called The Three Signs of a Miserable Job by Patrick Lencioni. Right. If you haven't read that one, definitely check it out because one of the things he talks about is irrelevance. And I think what Brad is speaking to is that people need to feel relevant within the organization to be happy in their work. And I think it's fantastic that you and the people you work with do that for the individual contributors because I'm sure a lot of folks listening – may feel, you know, hey, I fix servers and 
set up people's computers, but what am I really doing to, you know, make this organization the best healthcare corporation in the Southeast or something like that? Yeah. I mean, getting, you know, getting that purpose is in, in many, I won't say all, but, but most all cases, that is part of that job satisfaction. It's, it's knowing that you are fulfilling a need. And again, it doesn't matter if that's, you know, sanitizing the lobby, which right now is a very important job and is always an important job, but you're probably doing it a whole lot more now are, you know, deploying, you know, a mass, you know, VDI solution to serve a hundred thousand people. I mean, it's, it's, it's all about, you know, serving the mission of that organization and, and any organization wants to keep their, their people safe and keep their people healthy. And they also want their people to have the tools to do the job they need to do. Absolutely. So as we get close to wrapping here, Brad, I was going to ask two things. Number one is based on the level you are executive director at VMUG, how do you decide what's next in your career? What framework can you use to figure out what you might want to do next? Oh, that's a good question. Um, You know, I do think about kind of what, what is the next steps, uh, for me, I think that right now that's very much around where can uh, VMUG go? What is VMUG going to be doing next? Uh, it's fun to do those exercises of, you know, let's talk about 2024. Another thing that makes it very interesting and very um, appealing to to hang around is the partnership we have with VMware. You look at what VMware has done and where they're going. Boy, it's just going to be fun to to hang on for this ride. Uh, being part of it back again, I, I was you know at 2010, 2011 is when I was introduced with VMware, and I can remember who I was with and where I was standing in the Exchange server that we first did VMotion on, and that was a life changing, uh, I'll say career changing time for me. And that was VMware, and that was VMware. And now this job has, or this company has, you know, provided, you know, for me, for the bulk of my career. And now to be so close to VMware is really, um, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an honor to, to have this job and not only to serve our members who are fantastic and to be able to meet so many people across the globe. And, uh, you know, it's just, sometimes I'll look in my, my Twitter you know, messages and DM and scroll through that and think about everybody that I've had the opportunity to meet that I call friends. And I know right now I could, you know, get off of this, you know, podcast and, and, and go DM somebody and could talk to anybody right now in, all across the world. And so to have that opportunity, has been fantastic. And then to look at where VMware is going with the acquisition of Heptio, uh, with the big Tanzu announcement, uh, you know, where where is that going to take the industry? Uh, you think about Pivotal, you know, that, again, that's a whole nother group of people. Think about Bitnami, all these people that are using these tools that are now part of the VMware community that might not even know it. You know, they don't even know the awesomeness that awaits them if they choose to be part of VMUG. And we have to adapt as well to be able to bring on that 
that true developer and say, hey, there's a place here for you. We're not just an infrastructure group. And we've got a lot of work to do on that. I, I think, you know, if we were to take a true developer and plop them in the middle of, of you know, pick your VMUG uh, program, they would probably very quickly figure out mm, this isn't for me. And that's something that we're working on and we're making slow steps. And, you know, we have to, um, you know, continue to, to build out that community. Uh, we have to build out that content. And um, but knowing that that's a possibility is very appealing as far as what what's going to be next uh, for VMUG. You also look at, at Dell Technologies. I mean, with what they're doing and, you know, their relationship, obviously, you know, being 80 whatever percent owner of, of VMware and Michael Dell sitting on the board of directors of, of VMware. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity there for, I think, for VMUG, but, you know, for anybody that's going to be in this uh, in this ecosystem to be able to, to, to navigate it and see what's next. And I think the third piece of that is, you know, we've got awesome OEMs, but the, the third piece is just the community itself. This community is super passionate. This community is hungry. They have, you know, the past two years, professional development has been their number one thing on their mind because they know that vSphere admin job that served them great the past decade is not going to serve them the same way the next decade. And they are looking for what is my next step? And there it's not a scenario where all right here's step one all right now do step two do step three it's you've done step one two and three and now there's not a fork in the road there's like five forks in the road and you get to choose where you want to go with this and there's just a lot of options and it's exciting to see people that you know take on that platform engineer role or that sre role or they go from being a end user to a vendor or they go from being an end user to working at VMware, and then they sometimes they come back, and it's you know it's all this, all this evolution, of what uh, what career paths people can take, and to be a part of that is just fantastic. So, I'm super happy at VMUG. I uh, I enjoy my job. It is it is challenging, but I just I, I feel blessed and honored to to have this position, and and hope to be here for a while so I can see some of these things unfold as VMware continues to do the awesome things that they do, but more importantly, as the V community just um, continues to evolve, continues to challenge me, uh, it's awesome to work for a fantastic board that we have. And uh, just, again, just being part of this community is amazing. So a lot of good stuff lies ahead for VMUG, and I hope to be a part of it as well. That's awesome. It sounds like you've identified yet another, like, career progression tactic, which is if the position that you have um, expands because the organization expands and the organizational scope expands, sometimes that means your your position scope expands. So you don't have to take a new position in order for your scope to, to progress and to be part of a, a bigger and bigger, bigger pie. My analogy just really drifted there at the end, but I really appreciate that. That's it is close to pie day. Is that is that what this is about? Um, We're recording this two days after Pi Day. That's right. The issue is that, you know, I'm in the Bay Area and we're ordered to shelter in place and I really want Pi. And <laughs> I think I'm not allowed to go out and drive around and grab a Pi. That's um, drive through Pi. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, do you think that exists? 
There you go. It's the next idea. All right. I'm sure well, there Brad, are makers um, out there that would do it. <laughs> Brad, I appreciate um, all the time that you spent with us. Is, is there anything else that you'd like to cover? Um, uh, maybe a plug or shout out, you know, for upcoming events before we get out of here? Well, with everything uh, that's going on with the with the virus that's around, obviously we we are ramping up our virtual events. We've always had a very strong uh, virtual event program, but we're we're adding to it, and uh, so be on the lookout for that. We are rescheduling our events that got postponed, and we're already starting to reschedule those into H two. So be on the lookout for that as well. But more importantly. Um, there's a few things that I would like for everybody to do. If you're not a member of VMUG, check us out, uh, vmug.com slash join. Membership is free. Get part of the community, be part of the community, get plugged in on the local level. Uh, we do still have meetings on a local level, albeit they're mostly virtual now, but that'll, that'll change. And uh, we'll get back to our regular uh, local meetings that are in person. And that way you can meet the local VMware reps, you can meet the local vendors, you can meet your local peers that can help you out in this journey. Uh, you know, if you're in an area where you have one of our larger events, come to that. Uh, the more you can get plugged into the community, uh, the more you're going to get out of it. And so if you have questions about how to do that, reach out to me directly. Uh, my Twitter is uh, Brad Tompkins underscore. Got to have that underscore at the end. But my DMs open. It's one of the best ways to get me. Uh, btompkins at vmug.com is my email. So the other thing I would like uh, for people to, to look at is VMUG Advantage. So VMUG Advantage is our paid subscription. It's uh, $200 a year. It gives you 20 to 30% off of your VMware training or certification, which could provide significant savings. It also has eval experience, which is nearly all the VMware software where you can download for your home environment, for your, for your home lab, not production. But that way you can test things out uh, you can do some training. You can do that upgrade in your home lab before you do it in production. And we've got nearly all the software. We've got vSphere. We've got vSAN, NSX, VCF. If you don't have a home lab, we've got Workstation, Fusion. We've got vRealize. We've got almost everything. So check that out as well. You can find all this information at vmug.com. But the main thing is become a member. It's free. And get involved in your local community and hopefully give back to that community as well, as well and share your journey, share what you've done. Uh, everybody has a story and, and people are interested in hearing what you have to say. So I would encourage you uh, to do that, whether that's a one-on-one -on -one scenario or standing up at your local VMUG and talking about some of the projects that, that you have done. People will be um, fascinated to hear and peer presentations are always some of the highest rated presentations that we offer. And again, it doesn't matter if you're talking to two people or to 200 people. Get out there and share your story. Get out of your comfort zone. You'll be glad that you did. Yeah, and I'll echo that. If you need help writing a, a speaking session, it seems like it's easier for me to help somebody else write theirs than to write my own. <laughs> so feel free to DM myself, John, and I bet you if you DM Brad, he would help you with that too, as Absolutely. would the VMUG leaders in any area. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Brad, thanks again so much for your time. Um, we'll look forward to uh, pointing a bunch of people in the direction of the uh, V community and the uh, EMUG community. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. We do too. Thank you. Great. Good night.
Nick, I really like what Brad had to say about what individual contributors have to do to align with executive goals. It really is on the levels of management above to communicate their goals down the chain of command. Um, it just reminded me of the system that Google uses, uh, OKRs, which stands for Objectives and Key Results. I think that was pioneered at Intel, actually, um, where the organization sets its objectives and key results, and then each subgroup kind of interprets those objectives and key results um, in order to feed the parent organization's OKRs. And then that gets handed down and handed down and handed down all the way down to theoretically the individual teams. So very, very interesting. Um, and it really kind of underlined that for me. It, it made me realize, you know, why the system exists that way. So um, maybe that's something that I'll make sure to look for um, anytime I'm doing a job search or advise other people to look for when they're doing job searches. What were your takeaways? Oh, man, that's a really good point. Asking how would I fit within this organization help accomplish the mission? I love that. Yeah. Fantastic. I really liked the emphasis that Brad put on making sure those individual contributors understood where they fit and that what they do does affect the greater purpose of the organization. But I always like to ask people when they come on the show, what's next for you and how do you decide what to do next? And it seemed to me when Brad thought about what was next, he couldn't see himself not being a part of VMUG because he loved being a part of the growth in the user community that VMUG serves and in the organization as a whole. So he wasn't one of the folks that ended up coming to the conclusion that it was probably going to be him outgrowing the company and moving on to something different, at least for now. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting to hear about how bullish he is about the two organizations, the user group and VMware, the vendor. Um, so I think, you know, when you're in a situation like that, it really feeds, you know, what your ambitions are and what you see as your future. That makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, anything else before we get out of here? No, just a reminder, we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you may be listening. We want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter at Nerd Journey. All right, farewell listeners, and tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White, at Journeyman for Nick Cordy, at Network Nerd underscore, signing off. Adios.